Hey friends, welcome to the Sacred Story Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Wilcox, and I'm so glad you're here. During this time, we carve out sacred space to reflect on our God-authored stories, to hear from women in the chapters of their stories, and to think about God's greater story around the world. I'm excited to introduce ordinary yet brave women who are declaring God's faithfulness. I'm honored to be on the journey with you. Here's this week's episode. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Sacred Story Podcast. Today, we are continuing our awesome series of talking about a significant theme in our story, which is singleness and marriage. And I'm excited if this is the first time you are coming on. Welcome. We um, we are so glad you're here. If you're returning, what a joy to continue to be with you um, and have you alongside these conversations And I'm super excited because a dear sister in Christ is here who actually, when I read her story, impacted me. And I said, "Um, can I talk to you? (laughs) And so I'm so excited to have uh, my friend Nancy here. Hi, Nancy. Hi, Laura. So nice to be with you today. I love talking about this. I really do. Well, I love your story because as we were collecting stories for our study, Beautiful Surrender, and your story came across, and there the stories are in all different ages and stages mm-hmm. of life mm-hmm. about how God, how singleness and marriage, and how God met women in the midst of both. And so, but I loved yours, and I remember saying, "I need to talk to you because oh, I resonate well. with your story." <laughs> well, I think it's mutual, Laura. I think it is, and it was so sweet to get to know you for that very reason. Well, I so appreciate all that you have to mm-hmm. offer, and so let's just dig in. But sure. tell us a little bit more about. Kind of as you, um, as your story formed and your views of marriage and romance and all that went on in your younger years. Sure. I would love to share that, Laura. Well, um, I would have to say growing up, I saw commitment in my parents' marriage. And there was a thought that as I saw other kids having their parents go through divorce, I knew in my heart of hearts that that would never happen to Mm. my parents. Uh, I'd have to say I didn't see a lot of affection or romance or Mm. even any conversation about marriage and what that's all about. I saw more of a quiet love, kind of Mm. not a big fanfare, but just a quiet love. And I also, part of my story is being adopted And that affected me greatly. There was some struggles with that. There were some joyful parts of that. But I I do think that that had an impact on my growing up years and maybe a little bit of the disconnect in relationships that I had um, because I didn't feel that connection in a family unit as much as I could have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And I know that that's such a beautiful part of your story. And we'll get mm-hmm. to more of how God met you in that. Mm-hmm. And um, you say that you came close to marriage, right? In your 30s yeah. or your yeah. vision was formed more fully yeah. of who, who you wanted yeah. <laughs> or what kind of man. Yes. Yes. I, I could talk about that. Laura. Um, I probably wouldn't say I came close to marriage in my mind. I would have loved that. But Mm. I remember dating a man that I just fell head over heels for. He had all those qualifications and I didn't have like a list or anything, 
but I just knew he loved God. He was cute. He went to seminary. Mm -hmm. He was going to go into ministry. And all those things were so appealing to me. And I just remember mm -hmm. falling hard. Um, and then he, he broke up with me. <laughs> And I Ouch. just remember, <laughs> yes, and I just remember, oh, it just broke my heart. And yet I do think back on that relationship as kind of a pivotal moment for me. It was one of saying, that's the kind of man that I want. Someone who loves God with all of his heart. So even though that wasn't the, the guy, it was like God mm -hmm. put him in my life to say, this is what I want to provide for mm -hmm. you a godly mm -hmm. man someday mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. yes i love that yeah. and um so what do you think when our hearts are broken when the dream just dissolves uh, how do we work through that what what helped you um well uh first of all my story is that i didn't get married until i was 52 so there were probably 30 years of just waiting mm -hmm. and praying and asking God um, for a husband and for children. It was mm -hmm. both of those things. But mm -hmm. one of the things that I feel like God just said over and over is to press in and realize that Jesus can be enough for me. Like to really press into that. Like if Jesus is who he says he is, that I can truly be satisfied in Jesus then I must press in and find that satisfaction mm -hmm. in him and only him, Laura, because truly, I mean, there were so many nights and days where I, I just felt that loneliness. And it was mm -hmm. like, if this is what God says to be true, I've got to find it. And so mm -hmm. one of the things I kept doing is, you know, I kept asking him and praying and seeking him. I would remember friends just saying, I'm going to give up. I'm going to stop mm. praying because mm. it's just too painful to keep praying and not seeing an answer. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. when somebody said that to me once, I remember in my heart of hearts saying, oh, my goodness, I cannot stop. I cannot mm -hmm. grow weary of asking mm -hmm. for God to do what he can do. So I just kept I kept asking. And then mm -hmm. the other thing thought that I had, Laura, is. The whole concept of waiting on him, I think we mm -hmm. we get tired of waiting, you know, whether it's waiting in line, waiting for an appointment, waiting in traffic, but Amen. waiting <laughs> on God. You know, I learned through a quote long ago that next to suffering, it's one mm. of the ways that we can become more like Jesus. So mm. I took that. I took that mm -hmm. and I ran with it. I said, okay, Lord, if waiting on you is a way of becoming more like you, mm -hmm. I want it. And so mm -hmm. allow this time, this in-between time, this time where I'm wanting this to happen and it hasn't for me to become more like you and me mm -hmm. to work on those areas of my life that are sinful, that have problems, mm -hmm. that have challenges. Mm -hmm. And, and really to become the kind of woman that a godly man would want to marry. And so yeah. I realized I had work to do in my singleness. I had work to do in my life. And so I began to see it not as a time to get out of, but as an opportunity to grow and to become more like Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to 
explain the process of pressing in and yeah. and to make the most of yeah. our singleness. Yeah. And I've seen so much healing in my own life and heart that I know will benefit well, everyone around me, including exactly. a future husband. Exactly. And I think we just want to move on to the next stage of life. And when I kind of learned, it was like God saying, no, I want you to make the most of this stage while you're mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. And and it was it was sweet. It was like God was saying, I want to teach you great and many things. Yes. And I think if we have ears to hear and hearts mm -hmm. to receive, mm -hmm. it's hard not to harden your heart or yes, shut, you know, shut God out because it, when you have something delayed and delayed, yes. it, no matter what, but especially yes. in the area of marriage. Yes. 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 I totally get and that. Laura. I'm with you. So I think also there's a practical side and tell me, you know, what you think, but I feel like we also can just self-care, you know, go on a vacation, mm -hmm. do things that, mm -hmm. you know, give us life, pursue some kind yes. of hobby or, you yes. know, passion. Yes. Uh, volunteer. I, I, I love that, Laura. I feel like all of us, you know, as we were, as I was single and other singles, I speak to that and just say, wow, it is an important time to take care of yourself. I have a friend in California who always used to say, I'm going to take myself out to lunch. <laughs> and, yes, and I yes. just love that because who doesn't like to go to lunch? And you don't always have to have somebody, but it's that time mm -hmm. to get away, that time to read, that time to maybe pray and seek God over a nice meal. But just mm -hmm. doing those things you love. I mean, I, I have a horse. And so one of my biggest hobbies is being on a horse. And that just mm -hmm. carries me into another world. And we mm -hmm. have to find those things that give us life, that give us, mm -hmm. you know, satisfaction and joy. You know, animals, you know, that's mm -hmm. a huge thing for many people. But mm -hmm. whatever those things are, it's, it's an opportunity to press into that and to say, hey, I'm going to make the most of life. And that means having fun. That means mm -hmm. doing the things mm -hmm. I love to do. Yes, and amen. Sometimes I'll be in the grocery store and I'm thinking, God, I, you, you, I feel like you want me to buy some flowers yes. for you. Know, you want to, you want to treat me to flowers today. <laughs> I love that, Laura. I love that, and He does. Yeah. I feel like He yeah. does. Yeah, so true. Um, and then, as you were in women's ministry, which I identify with because I've had um, mm -hmm. vocational ministry my whole career with women, yeah. but what you say that, you know, here you are ministering to women who have what you are desiring, which is mm -hmm. marriage and kids. And yeah. I know I felt that way at times too, but even, even those who aren't in women's ministry, obviously we struggle with feeling yeah. like we want what mm -hmm. the other person has. It's hard when it's your job, yes. but how did you work <laughs> through that? Yeah, Laura, I think the key words in that question is it's hard when it's your job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. like you have to press into that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I look back on those years and I'm like, oh, how God helped me because mm. I don't think I realized the enormity of how hard it was until later mm. in life. Mm. And I think about the suburb that I lived in that was super wealthy and it, it fluent community where a large percentage of people um, that went to my church had large homes, husbands, you know, children, everything that they could want or desire. And so that wasn't my world at all. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I remember a very specific time and it can still bring me to tears, but mm. I was leading a group and the small group turned out to be in that circle, uh, maybe about eight to 10 ladies. And I would say like 
70% of them, you know, like seven of them were pregnant and mm. ready to have mm. children very soon. So they were wow, all that's large. A, that's a big <laughs> bumper crop. Yeah. <laughs> bumper crop. And so I was kind of in that same age frame at the time. And I remember just feeling all at once this horrible pain go come over me. Like here I am in the circle and thinking to myself, what about me? And here I was trying to lead at the very same time. I was mm. questioning, what about me, God? Have you forgotten me? Have you gotten mm-hmm. that I want children? I want a husband. And that mm-hmm. feeling of looking around and seeing this picture of all these pregnant women was just so painful. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget it. And I had to mm-hmm. do something with that pain mm-hmm. because, as mm-hmm. you said, I work here. And yes, so yes. I was conflicted. And I had to deal something with my own personal pain on a job. Part of me wanted to run away. I mm-hmm. felt so forgotten by God. And yet mm-hmm. some point in time, maybe after that session, maybe over the weekend, whatever, I remember God giving me a verse in Colossians. It was Colossians 3, 1 and 2. And mm-hmm. I had memorized that class for a demon class within the year. So I, I knew that section of Colossians 3, and it says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts mm-hmm. on things above, where Christ mm-hmm. is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not mm-hmm. on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with mm-hmm. Christ and God. And those key words, setting your heart and mind on things above, mm-hmm. and what I had determined in that small group situation, my eyes were set on them and Mm. what they had. And it was like God was literally speaking to me and saying, I want you to set your eyes and your heart Mm. on things Mm -hmm. above. And that's Mm. where I'm at. And I will help you through these times. Mm. And so, you know, I still had those times as, as, you know, the years went on where I would have those twinges of pain. But Mm -hmm. what God told me is to keep doing that, to keep Mm -hmm. asking, to Mm -hmm. keep Mm -hmm. when I would feel the twinge of pain that Mm -hmm. I would just I would just say, God, help me. Help me Mm -hmm. lift my eyes Mm -hmm. to the heavenlies and see that that's where you are. And so Mm -hmm. he he has helped me. But you know what? They do still come. And I mean, here we have Mother's Day, and my birthday is always on Mother's Day weekend. Mm, and mm, I, I have to well, go through that. <laughs> but I have to go through that time on Mother's Day where I just have to go back to God and not mm. looking at what other people have, but seeking my worth and my identity in Him. So it's not like it's all cut and dry and everything's fine. But it's like God keeps mm-hmm. telling me, this is how I want you to live. Mm-hmm. And I will mm-hmm. help you when you are challenged by it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. And yeah. I love the verse. And yes. it's practical and it yes, takes it discipline. It's not, you know, we, mm-hmm. I think about like my thoughts and how I can just let them run. Yes. You know? And so, but that is something that setting our minds yes. is, a, is an act of the will in our, our hearts. And, yes. Yes. And um, do you think that is done mostly through prayer, through scripture, through I do, Laura. Fo- focusing on I, I just do. The, 
I think what you're saying, our thoughts often run and, and that doesn't stop when you're married. I mean, it, it's just a continual yeah. way that the enemy tries to beat us yeah. up. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's that nonstop, non, uh, just constant prayer, you know, that we are always mm-hmm. praying to God. And that mm-hmm. when we catch ourselves, and I often just ask mm-hmm. them, show me my sin quickly. Like, show mm-hmm. me when I'm mm-hmm. doing this. And yeah. so he will. You know he will, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, He's faithful. Uh, he, he will show us. And so then we have this prayer that is just nonstop. We're just saying, okay, well, right now, mm-hmm. I feel it right now. I'm at church on Mother's Day, and it's coming mm-hmm. over me. Help me now. Yeah. And he's so faithful. He's mm. so faithful. And then he re- reminds me, Nancy, I've given you a role as a mother. And you know what mm-hmm. he's given me, Lord? The role of encouraging moms. Mm-hmm. The role of encouraging moms. Like when moms get together, they talk about their kids. Nobody like, I mean, it's hard to like stop and encourage them because you have your own situation. But he has taught me when you are encouraging moms, you're giving to them and loving them and listening. That's my role for you. And when you live in light of your role, oh, he wants to bless you big time. Yeah, I love that. And there's a beauty to that and an mm-hmm. ability to enter into multiple stories yes. and really be be present. Absolutely. And, okay, I love the part in your story also where you talk about uh connecting with your birth father. I think this is a beautiful thing that God did in the midst of when you were single. Tell us more about that. Well, yes, Laura, I was living in Southern California, working at a large church there. And I was dating a guy and I broke up with him this time, but I remember Mm -hmm. him saying, you need to find your birth parents. (laughs) Like he saw something in me (laughs) that I needed to do. And I think that was just a gift from God that he saw that. And so I proceeded to find them. And um, the story is, is very brief, but just found my birth father living in California um, after three phone calls. And all Mm -hmm. I knew was his name. And so it was truly, it was truly a miracle. And so when Mm -hmm. I called him and when I actually met him for the first time, um, I remember sitting over dinner and he was sharing the story of, of, you know, my birth mother and and what took place Mm -hmm. and that he tried so hard to provide uh, funds for her to give birth to me. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. he had just put money into the shares in Northern California that would Mm -hmm. make him like, a millionaire many times over and um, he gave it all to her and he looked me in the eye and he said, you're a million dollar baby and you're worth every, you're worth every penny. And I I, I was like, you know, at this point in my life, being in my mid thirties and still single, I was just blown away by that kind of love. I was just mm-hmm. blown away by that mm-hmm. kind of love and looking at somebody that looked like me for the very first time in my life mm-hmm. and that he would bless me with those words. It was just like, mm-hmm. thank you, God. You hadn't yeah. given me a spouse, but it was like you were using this time of my life to make me um, more and more like you and to bless me mm-hmm. in different ways. Because mm-hmm. how much that would just be a refreshment to your soul, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, yeah. and a healing to your heart. Yes. yes. 
Indeed, Laura, it was. It definitely was. So when did he move to Australia? Um, was Char- he in Australia? Yeah, Charles okay. um, grew up in, in California, on, like in Beverly Hills, and had quite a life. And um, he moved to Australia probably 50 years prior to me meeting him. And, or okay. wait a minute, not 50, but whatever that time was, 30 years. And mm-hmm. honestly, uh, he moved just to take a job. They were trying to get people from the States to move there. And they had two young mm-hmm. sets of twins. And they took a boat mm-hmm. and moved to Australia to start a new life. So, wow. But amazing. I found him even there. <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. I thought, oh, well, that's so fun. She got to go to Australia, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's well. Uh, yeah, that really is that God, sweet of God to surface him and that yes. he would have such a heart for you. Yes. And it was beautiful so indeed. You left the church that you were in in Chicago after 12 years because you said there was great heartache. Yes. And how did you navigate that? Because now you are, are you close to 50 at this point? 49. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, how I navigated that, Laura, was, um, first of all, I had a love for Texas. So I just began to look for positions in Texas and found one rather quickly. And so there was a little bit of like excitement, like, oh, mm-hmm. I get to get, I get to go to Texas again. Mm-hmm. But, but more, there was a lot of pain just because church pain can be super painful, but leaving mm-hmm. friendships that have been established for a long period of time at sure. 49 years of age was really tough. So it, it basically meant starting all over again. And those of you who are in ministry know that sometimes you have to move or in, in other jobs as well. Mm-hmm. And as a single person, that's, that's not easy. And yeah. so picking up and starting over, um, man, it was hard. But I did it because it was definitely um, God leading me. Mm-hmm. And I moved to Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. Oh, yay. I went to school in Austin, yay. so I'm biased. <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> so, actually, that's how we connected. A board member yes, connected me exactly. to you. You are her women's ministry yes, director. Yes, yes. Um, so, or were. Yes. Um, okay. So you're working in Austin, and then suddenly you get an email. <laughs> what goes on with that? <laughs> so um, I had been in Austin about two years I think by that time and I did not have a date once (laughs) in Austin Uh I thought oh it'll be such a hip town there'll be so many fun things Uh to do but I I did not and um, I had pretty much I hadn't given up on online dating but I was just taking a break it was just I'm done with it for a while and Mm -hmm. so um, all once one Been day, there, signed yep, off. <laughs> there you go, Laura. And so one day I was just getting ready to go on a women's retreat. It was a Friday morning and I look at my emails and it was like, this man was initiating on eHarmony. And I'm like, how can that happen? I'm not even a member of eHarmony. And then I realized mm-hmm. my profile must be up, but mm-hmm. I'm just not signed in you know and so I read it and I saw it Mm. and I thought wow he looks really interesting and Mm. so I was like I said getting ready to help lead a women's retreat that day and 
I thought, you know, I'm just going to go for it. So I paid $49.95 for a three-month membership just so Way I could to talk to the guy. <laughs> yes, and, and, yes. And so I was able to connect with him fairly early that day. And by evening, I was at the women's retreat, and I was a little distracted because we were going back and forth on, on the text with eHarmony. So that was uh-huh. that was how I first met Ben. Uh-huh. Okay. And that's so fun. And so tell us a little bit about how y'all's relationship developed and what were your first impressions? Yes. Um, so obviously we didn't go out that weekend, but I think it was the following weekend we had our, our first date and that was in uh, March of 210. And um, it was, it was like it started off to be kind of like a morning walk around Lady Bird Lake. And then it, it ended up just going from thing to thing to thing all day long. <laughs> so mm. so that's not mm. me. I'm pretty defined and, okay, we're going to do this and that's it. And then I go on with my day. But it just felt right to just enjoy his company and walk around and then have lunch and walk around some more and then have dinner. Mm. And mm-hmm. um, so it was kind of a action-packed day. And, mm-hmm. and I, I just never would have expected that, but we just had free flow and conversation and mm-hmm. fun sitting outside talking and getting to know one another. And, you know, after not dating for a few years, it was very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what were the qualities that drew you to him? It sounds like y'all had a lot of connection points as far as yeah. life. Yeah. And if you remember back in the conversation, I, I always thought I'd marry from somebody from seminary who go off into ministry yeah. together. And that was like yeah. this little dream in the back of my head. But God had something so different and so beautiful at the same time and similar. Mm. And mm. so I think some of the qualities that I'll, I didn't have a list, like I said before, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I want to know that this man loves God with all his heart, mind, and soul. And I also want to know that he loves and believes in the scriptures, that the scriptures are the foundation for his life. And does his actions line up with what he believes? Because in this day and age, we can see a lot of Christians that have certain belief systems, but do they act like believers? And then um, is he led by the Spirit? Is God just, is, is the Spirit of God on his life? And I, I can't say all those questions were like flowing in my head at the time, but I knew them. I knew those were part of who mm-hmm. I was and what I wanted. And I would mm-hmm. have to say that as we got to know each other, those were, that's who Ben was. That's who Ben was. I mean, he, he didn't go to seminary. He's a PhD, but he knows Greek like most professors at a seminary. And he knows the Bible inside and out. And he can go back to scripture and know it. And and I'm the one that went to seminary. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Tell me what? <laughs> right. right. So he shows me so much that I do not see. And I just find that hilarious. <laughs> just yeah, that, that God is would give God, me that. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, I know what you want. It may not come the same path. Yep. Or I have a way to meet it. Yep, and yep. you may be a whole different package. A whole different think. package. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. He's creative. He and he also, 
you know, sometimes I'll say, God, you know me better than I know me. So show me what I want in this situation or how to want, you know, how to desire. um, Yes, because he knows more than what you and I know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what I came to believe that, oh, God had a different Mm -hmm. plan. It was way better. Mm -hmm. It's way better. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. And so how did you know he was, quote unquote, the one? You know, I honestly can't tell you. Um, the thing that I knew that I had never quite seen before is that he was so led by the spirit that he mm-hmm. just kept moving forward because God told him to. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. kept responding because God told me to. Yeah. So there wasn't any certain date. There wasn't any time. It was just like we just kind of lived in this, okay, God's mm-hmm. telling us to move forward. Let's just keep moving forward. Yes. Yes, that's great. And that mm-hmm. is evidence that God's hand is on a relationship Absolutely. when both feel like the man is initiating, the woman's responding, and it mm-hmm. feels peaceful. Absolutely. You know? and yep. It's so simple. Yeah. that's. I worked with one of my colleagues one time, and, and he was talking about his wife, and he said, well, she just continued to say yes when I oh. asked her out. So, you know? Yeah. I guess you would say that about us. Yeah. Yeah. It's very yeah. simple. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, we talked about qualities that are, um, you know, that you looked for and and found, um, in Ben, but what character qualities would you say are important to develop for women um, Mm. before marriage? And Mm -hmm. I mean, of course we continue to develop our character all life, lifelong lessons. Yeah. Well, Laura, I, I think it's pretty simple. Um, like I said, Early on, I, I had this vision of, of what I would be like on my marriage day, mm-hmm. like on my mm-hmm. marriage. What would I be like as a person? Not so much mm-hmm. what I would dress, how my hair would look, all those things. Mm-hmm. But wh- who would I be? Mm-hmm. And, and it was in that, like, like really looking at and writing down goals and Asking God to help me become that kind of woman, um, Mm -hmm. which is a godly woman, a woman who listens, a woman who encourages, a woman who fears God more than man, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and led by the Spirit. Like all those traits became things that I worked on in spiritual formation. And Mm -hmm. and so I think what people do is they think, I want this kind of man and this kind of man and this kind of man. They've got their list, but they don't realize this time where they can Mm -hmm. become the kind of woman that is worthy of that kind of man. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. knew that this was a time for me to become the kind of woman that was worthy of the kind of man that I wanted to marry. Mm. Yes, that's powerful. Like, who will I be on that day? Yes, a vision of my marriage like who will mm. i be mhm yes that's awesome and so one thing that is important quality for us single women is to maintain purity yes. um sexual purity and mm-hmm. so and how did that look in your dating and engagement? Um, because mm-hmm. it's no matter what age you it's, are, it's difficult. It, it's <laughs> difficult. It, it certainly is. And I think it has been for me most of my life. Um, I will tell you this, Laura, that 
uh, for like 12 years prior to meeting Ben, I was involved in a ministry called Intimate Issues. And my role in those conferences that we led was to speak to singles. So when we would do a conference, I would have four hours with single women. And um, it would be mostly a lot about purity and how do we live our lives as a single person. And so keeping that in mind, it was very important for Ben and I, not only to obey God, but to realize that here I, Nancy, was involved in this ministry as we were dating. And so mm. we wanted to be above reproach. But in sure. that communication and in, as we started realizing that this was more than just one or two dates, Ben felt like he heard very specifically from the Lord. And God made it clear to him that he was supposed to set a strong and hard boundary that we wouldn't kiss. And that we just wouldn't kiss until the day we got married, if that was if that was to be our future. Yeah. And so I remember it was harder for me than him. <laughs> but I kept thinking that is hard. I kept thinking that um, this is crazy, Ben. I do not like this rule. <laughs> and uh -huh, here I'm uh -huh. the one that speaks on this topic. But I uh -huh. had to realize my own flaws and my own weakness, and yet. Having that boundary, which is not for many, but for that boundary mm -hmm. for us was mm -hmm. perfect. And mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. the day we got married was the first day that I kissed him. Oh, wow. That is sweet. And I remember some people when I was right out of college, uh, there was mm -hmm. also sort of, you know how things kind of go in trends. There was a trend of not kissing until yes. you marry. And then some people who did felt like less spiritual and, oh, you know, there's no. all of that. Yeah, exactly. But, it's so not true. Right. It's hearing the spirit for your own Absolutely. relationship. And, Absolutely. Uh, but what would you say to women who have made a mistake in sexual purity and not sure how, to, and they're not sure how to find their way back? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I believe that God is a God of redemption and grace. Mm -hmm. And I just understand that so well in my own life that mm -hmm. he gives grace. And, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm a product of that grace and that we can literally be redeemed mm -hmm. in our purity, you know, and if yeah. we live in the lie of believing that we made this mistake and it'll never change, um, we're living in a lie that God mm -hmm. wants to give us freedom in that area and a new sense of purity. Even though that purity was broken, he wants to give us a new sense of mm -hmm. the purity we can have in him and in a new relationship. And I certainly have experienced that. And I'm so grateful to God that we don't have to live in the guilt of our past. Yes. And I'm a recipient, recipient of that mm -hmm. grace as well. It's so beautiful. And, and so, you know, I know part of your story is that Ben had been married. And so how was that? coming into a relationship where you knew, you know, there, he had had another marriage and I know he, he, his wife had passed away and mm -hmm. you can share what you want yeah. about yeah. his story, but how was that for you? Um, 
Well, first of all, I go back to God's timing um, on, on even moving to Austin and the pain that I went through um, in my church situation because God's timing is always perfect. Mm-hmm. And so in keeping that in mind, my husband's first wife, they were married for 24 years. She was a mm-hmm. very um, well-known doctor here in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and she was murdered in the front of mm-hmm. her office. That is so tragic. And so it was horribly tragic. It was on the front page of the news. It was on national news. And Ben, being a very private person, mm-hmm. it rocked mm-hmm. his world. Mm-hmm. And so that happened about the same time God was pressing me to move to Texas. And so I'm like, even when I look back on that, I mean, as horrible as his situation was, Mm -hmm, I even mm -hmm. see how God's timing was, okay, now I'm going to move her down there. And in time they will meet. Um, He went ahead of both of you. He went ahead of both of us because he wanted to give Ben a, Mm -hmm. a new love. You know, after mm-hmm. he agreed the loss of his precious wife. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly feel blessed because Ben, who Ben was when I met him, much of that was because of Julie's influence in his mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It was Julie mm-hmm. that led him to Jesus. It was mm-hmm. Julie's influence spiritually and her family that had a huge part to play Mm -hmm. in how Ben grew spiritually. And so, you know, in so many ways, I'm so blessed by Julie's life Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and um, those years that they had together Um, in terms of being married to Ben and moving here and starting all over again. um, Just keep in mind, you know, going to a big church and everybody knew who Julie was. And then now I'm married to Ben and mm-hmm. and that was a little hard for me. I, I started seeing some of my insecurities come to life mm-hmm. and seeing that others probably looked at me and like, oh, she's the, the new wife. And but I didn't like spend tons of time thinking about that. We did try some other churches mm-hmm. um, just to see like what's the best church for both of us, you know, and I think a yeah. lot of couples do that. But even though trying some of the other different churches, we ended up coming back to that same church. And Mm -hmm. so, so anyway, I, I, I just know that's our story. It's it's a beautiful, Mm -hmm. sad, grievous part, you know, just what he went through. But I had gone through some different kind of grief and, and then God just brought us together saying, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to redeem and build back. Yeah, that is beautiful. And I think about being single longer than expected. I mean, I'm I'm way past any timeline I ever imagined. Yes. So, and I remember I, I read your story. <laughs> I called you and I was like, um, okay, so I used to give God, or I used to say in the next year, yes. right? In yes. the next yes. year. Yeah. And I, I remember talking to you about that and you, you know, you helped me in saying like, okay, God, I'm not going to give it a timeline. I'm just going to let your story happen, you know, as just let it, I'm not going to, you know, I want your story, which I want, but I think it grows weary when you give some parameters around it and you feel like you're believing God, right? You could believe that he could bring it to fruition in the next year or whenever, you know? Yes. I've said some of those same things, Laura. 
and it just grows weary. And yes. then you hear these stories of someone that's not even praying for in the next year. And they're like, I just didn't want to, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to get married again. And suddenly they got, you know, it doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. Um, no. no. So, but for me to have the freedom to let go of, you know, in the next year. Yes. It yes. was freeing. It was freeing. Oh, and because so um, I, I felt like then if I say that, then I'm on one side and God's on the other. Like, exactly. are you going to do this? You know? Exactly. And instead, when I said, I don't, I'm not going to give you a time frame. I just want your story, whatever that may be. It's like now we're on the same team. Yes. If that makes yes. sense. And oh, so, I think you've made it very clear. I love that. The same team. Like we're working yeah. together on this. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So, but what would you say to women who have been single longer than expected, whether it's five years or 25 years longer or 30? Um, mm-hmm. What would you say? Well, um, I think first I'd, I'd love to just sit and have a cup of coffee and listen, listen to the, listen to their story, mm-hmm. listen to some of the mm-hmm. challenges, listen to um, how have you seen God move? in those mm-hmm. times and, and, you know, not, not kind of poo poo the fact that there's a lot of pain. Um, mm-hmm. you know, when I think of my singleness, there's a lot of pain that was involved in some of those years. So mm-hmm. I think acknowledging that instead of just kind of actively moving on is, is the first mm-hmm. thing of just hearing someone's story and crying, you know, like even right now, as I, as I think about that and thinking about sitting with some of you, it, it just, it makes me cry because I know that pain, mm-hmm. but I, I also know that I, I would ask, you know, where are you seeing God work? You know, how are you seeing mm-hmm. him encourage you? How are, are you seeing him use you in, mm-hmm. in other people's mm-hmm. lives? How can you, you know, literally do like the Philippians two life, like having the same attitude of Christ mm-hmm. and, and, and setting and thinking of others as more important mm-hmm. than yourself. I mean, that's the only way I can keep pouring into moms as deep down. I'm like, man, I wish I had kids. Mm-hmm. But, but when mm-hmm. I, I stop and I, I literally say, Lord, I want to think more importantly of them than myself. Mm-hmm. It's then I'm free. To like live mm-hmm. the fullness of life where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And see, I just yeah. don't think we're supposed to live the fullness of life when we get married. Mm-hmm. I think we're right. supposed to live the fullness of life and the fullness of joy is given to us now. Yes. And and that's what I think people miss. They think, oh, when I get married, everything's going to be okay. Well, it's just not. It's just not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is is be with God and, and actively seek him as your very best friend. And I still do that to this day because he is. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a, a balm of healing for our hearts is that he is from what we started talking about at the beginning of the podcast, he is enough and, and we can live in his fullness. Yeah. And um, it's a lie to think that we mm-hmm. need X, Y, Z, whatever it is yeah. to live in his fullness. And yet yeah. there are losses. So it's, there are losses. it's living our stories and um, in a way with surrender and faith. And that is the study that we have created is called beautiful surrender, singleness and marriage in the book that. of Ruth. 
Yeah, what it's, a great a, it's a beautiful study, and it's such a wonderful story to look at Ruth and and how and Naomi and how they left with nothing, and then they have fullness. Um, but the fullness came because of who God was and whose whose wings they took refuge in. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so I think about your story, and there's 23 stories in the study mm-hmm. of some women who remain single and some who have. Um, gone through singleness and have married and Mm -hmm. uh, but I just think how beautiful your story is Nancy and I I just wanted to say again I know you've touched on this but would you like to share anything more about how God turned emptiness into in your life into unexpected fullness yes Um, I, I think just realizing that he was always there with me and he loves me so much that he was the fullness in my emptiness. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and and then as I married, I realized that God is still the same God, you know, mm-hmm. in, in our lives individually as well as marriage. And mm-hmm. so I think the thing that comes to my mind now is the importance of prayer and mm-hmm. surrender to God. Like maybe it's because I'm older but I can't go a day without just mm-hmm. prayer and, and constantly mm-hmm. talking to God and writing down the things that are on my heart with Him. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer has become, um, and, and in marriage, prayer is so important, like praying mm-hmm. over my words and my actions and my, mm-hmm. um, my disagreements with Ben mm-hmm. or you know, what we're to do or not do. There's so many things that, you know, self comes out in marriage and you want mm-hmm. to be, you know, you know, just self comes mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. I think surrender is the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Surrender is mm-hmm. just giving ourselves to God and, and allowing him mm-hmm. to walk with us and partner with us, whether it's singleness mm-hmm. or marriage. And so I feel that emptiness, you know, that, yeah, there was emptiness in being single, but I also learned that he was very full and very much mm-hmm. my friend in singleness. And that has helped mm-hmm. my marriage. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. days of just depending upon him to be my everything. Oh my goodness. It has helped my mm-hmm. marriage now. Mm-hmm. So prayer is a huge thing for me. And I feel like I want God to keep me on a short leash. <laughs> like I keep my dog on <laughs> yes, a short leash. Like, okay. yeah. <laughs> but I want him to keep me on a short leash. In, in my marriage so that I'm always talking to him. Like we're always in conversation and I'm honestly like, Lord, give me wisdom now. Help me know how to love my husband. Help me tonight as we go out. Like just really seeing Jesus in all of it. So that's what I would say about just, I love the title of your study. And I think it's so important for us to learn it, whether single or married. Yes. It is. It is the beauty of surrender and the mm-hmm. amazing way that we see God in that space. And so, Nancy, I love how your story speaks to beautiful surrender. So thank you for joining us today You're and so sharing welcome. all that you've shared. Thank you, Laura. It's been my joy. Thank you. Thank you.